Hello and welcome to The Joe Mobley Show. I'm your host, Joe Mobley, and you're listening to the only place in cyberspace where we talk about being conservative. We hit on current events, the politically correct cancel culture, and problems with civil discourse. But most importantly, we discuss what you can do to come out of the conservative closet. The Joe Mobley Show is a new and exciting podcast that airs weekly on Monday mornings. We have a range of controversial topics on deck. Even so, it's important that we hear from you what matters most. Be sure to send questions, comments, and things you'd like to hear discussed to ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. That's ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. To make sure you stay informed on the latest content, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. We got an awesome show with awesome guests, even though the advertised guest isn't here. Uh, she's dealing with some allergies, but that's not going to throw us off track. So this episode, and I can't believe, I, I truly can't believe I haven't done this episode already, but this episode is an America First episode. I know, I know, I've walked around for over a year with my MAGA hat on and and my my saucy t-shirts, which you can get at thejoemobleyshow.com slash shop. But I actually haven't done an America First episode. What does it mean? Why is it important? Uh, so in Martha's honor, Martha, Bonetta, I hope that you're feeling better. I am going to I am gonna plug uh, the tour for you. Whoa, it's, uh, it's kind of a gnarly color there. Anyway... Go to the website, AmericanFreedomTour.com, and check it out. Uh, guys, the lineup is just incredible. You could see it up there, kind of pink and green looking. Uh, obviously, President Trump, uh, Don Jr., uh, Dinesh D'Souza, Mike Pompeo, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, just everyone is going to be there. Uh, I'm leaving people out like Sheriff Lamb. He's going to put out a warrant for me. But anyway... I digress. Guys, you have to check out the America First tour. You got to check out the actual substance of the speeches, the policies that we're trying to put forward, because that is something that is going to get our country back on track. All that and more in just one moment. All right. So tonight we've got Friend of the show on many episodes, Mr. Demis Christophe, the host of Immigrant Corner. Demis, how are you doing, my man? I'm good, Joe. How are you, man? I'm doing just fine. Good to see you, man. Uh, like you said, like you said off air, we, we're busy. We, we live like right next yeah. to each other. We don't even see each other. I All dropped right. the ball the other time, man. Like I was supposed to have you over then. I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> Something happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Charlie. Pump, very punctual. How are you doing, my man? <laughs> I'm doing good. You know, had a, had an event, had to go see the kid perform in a band, but I made it back. This is how two things. This is how unscripted the show is, and also how clutch Charlie is. Uh, when Martha she called, I was actually on Steve Bannon when she called. So check that out. It's on uh, War Room Pandemic. I think the five o'clock hour. Uh, but I was on with him and I, you know, I, I declined the call and she texted me like she's got this crazy allergy thing going on. Uh, she can't make it. So I'm like, oh, you know what? I wonder if we could just do a third chair. Uh, text Charlie. He's like, I'm in. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, man, glad to have you. I definitely when I was thinking, hmm, who can talk America first policy? And you, you were the first name to come to mind. So thanks for jumping oh. in. 
my man, I I don't know what's going on with this. Let me try and share it one more time. All right, there we go. That's the normal color that we're looking for. Um, so again, that's the AmericanFreedomTour.com serious, serious uh, lineup of people. But here's the thing. Here's what you're going to see. Um, you can you can tune into these things live online. Uh, you can also check them out in person. So uh, two of them coming up, one in Fort Lauderdale, Florida on February 19th. Uh, and if you hang out, that's, you know, hang out another couple of days and you can see uh, CPAC March 19th in South Florida. They're going to be putting more dates up there. But we're talking why America First matters. That's what these rallies are about. You can see kind of the tagline there, uh, faith, family, freedom. And they've added finances, which as a Dave Ramsey guy, I got to say, I'm pretty okay with this adding finances to it. Um, all right, so let's let's start passing the ball. What stands out in your mind, Charlie? You can you can take it first. I know that you try and tell people, kind of drop those little nuggets about why America is special, why preserving this republic, not democracy, this constitutional republic is important. Um, so just what sticks out to you in terms of proselytizing for an America first vision to get us out of this crap hole, to get well, us out of Biden inflation? Well, you know, I mean, this has been, this has been a country that has been not just great for the citizens of this country, but has been sort of this beacon of freedom and hope to the rest of the world. We've rescued other countries when they were in trouble. We've had, you know, when, when people want to move from wherever they are and they want to immigrate someplace far away to a great place, for probably 95% of them, this is where they want to come. So despite what you hear from the sort of radical woke left about how terrible this place is, this is the best place in the world to be, and this is still where people want to come. So, you know, I think that uh, we have become more and more polarized, and some people will say, it's those folks on the right, they've gone way off and become crazy. And a lot of ways, those of us that are sort of on the right haven't really changed in decades. It is the left that has gone further and further and become crazier. And so we have this- well, look, look at the agenda. When, when it's a trifecta government that's Republican controlled, what sweeping changes have happened? Nothing. Tax cuts, that's it. Yeah, there, there's always predictions that all these terrible things are going to happen, you know. I remember when uh, Trump was running for office uh, in back uh, 2016, and they said, if he gets in, it's going to be war. He's going to shoot nuclear weapons. It's going to be crazy. Oh, yeah, World and War Three was supposed to kick it off. It turned out totally to forgot. be just the opposite, right? He started bringing people back. And now we've got the left in power, and now we're on the verge of war, you know? Oh, more, so, more than bringing people back, he brokered peace deals that everyone said, including squish Republicans, said were impossible to broker. And he moved the embassy. Moved the embassy. Some of the biggest peace deals that have happened in the Middle East in forever. And, uh, and the pe people have ignored that, or the media has ignored what happened over there. So we were making so much progress. You know, we were making progress against China. 
we were starting to put the right trade things in place with China. China was being exposed for its crimes, and we were moving in this, this great direction uh, pretty quickly. And now, within just a year, all of this is reversed, and we're back in the bad place that we were. 100%. Demis, I got to throw to you, man. Like Charlie was saying, America is the last great hope for so many people. And obviously, you know, your family immigrated from Iran, you know, in, in some tumultuous circumstances. What say you? Look, man, I came here uh, 27 years ago. And I was 13 when I left Iran. And for those people who keep saying that this country sucks, I say, F you. I got, a plane, I got a plane ticket for you. <laughs> and go back to the countries that we came from. Go there. Then stay there for 27 years. You know who doesn't say this country sucks? Immigrants. <laughs> I have yet to hear an immigrant... Not a first-generation immigrant, meaning my kids, an actual immigrant, say this country sucks. Oh, yeah. yeah okay? Yeah. Now, there, there's a caveat with that. Uh, unfortunately, some of the immigrants that come here, um, I can't bundle all of them up, but they only come here because they could get free crap. They, they, they're not, they don't come here to... to uh, fight for a dream They don't come here to have a better life They come here because shit's free They get free handout They get welfare, they get this, they get that um, And I don't want to say That they do it on purpose Most of the time They they get trapped Into the system And uh, I, know, I know many people I know uh, many of my own family members That got stuck in that system Or they played the system So, you know uh, but this is what happens when you get stuck in the system and you don't want to get yourself out is you start hating the system because first of all, you don't have any motivation to get yourself out and do better for yourself. And you look at others who actually took well, a risk. With, with the welfare, why, why would people even feel that way? And that's Whenever people like us say we need to turn down these benefits, this Ben Carson says turn off the, the goody fountain, they say that we're evil. It's, it's not good. It's not benefiting people. It's actually suppressing people. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it, it's true. 100%. I mean, look, look, at, look, at, look at all the people, all, all the first, second, third generation people that live here. Um, not all of them are rich. Not all of them are educated. Not all of them have achieved anything in their life. They just work an average, you know, work, you know, nothing exciting in their life. And, you know, these are the same people, you know, majority of them are not complaining. It's the young kids who are complaining now. Because these young kids, you know, they see crap on TV and they think that's going to be reality for them. But once they are in the real world, reality, reality is a bitch. Reality doesn't have sympathy for you. Reality has, doesn't have empathy for you. Reality doesn't care about your feelings, <laughs> to be honest. But it's, it's almost like the left is trying to make it that way. They're, they're trying to... But they portray this, this, this canvas that, you know, everything's 
humpy dory everything's like kumbaya you know you get into the real and and it's the fault of the universities man these professors you know they promise them the world that's, and when they come that's out that's the same thing it's the it's the left the left is the university yeah man they they promise them the they promise the world and when they get out in the real world is is, is a pile of manure so then <laughs> they don't know how to go over it <laughs> well and those universities also teach them right they cut People come to this country and they come here because they're excited to be here. And then the universities teach them, hey, guess what? You've arrived in a bad place. People here don't like you. The system is unfair. Uh, you should fight to change the system. Correct. Correct. You know, and, and you, the place that you saved your whole life and, you know, applied and came to sucks. It's super racist. Capitalism is evil. You'll never get ahead. It's it's just a steady diet of bullcrap. Yeah, well, but that's reality, Joe. That's that's reality. I mean, look, when you when you get hit with reality, uh, it, it's sad. But what happens is, um, most of the time, majority of the time, people crash. They fail, and they don't know how to deal with that failure. They 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 have they have never been exposed to that failure in life you know failing in school is not the same as failing in life meaning not being able to afford the rent not being able to afford a you know decent car not even like decent car just a car you know that's <laughs> does, I'm, I'm not talking my, about a 20,000 have been there but, myself but the, the reality too is with that reality you have risk that comes with the system but that risk also means uh, sort of unlimited upward potential too, right? If you work hard and you work smart and you do the right thing, um, you can crash. But mo for most people, even if you don't achieve these tremendous dreams, you just sort of become a middle-class regular person. And that's still better than what you get in most other areas of the world, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, before we go on, I totally forgot to tell Charlie this. Uh, we, I don't know if you heard, I don't know if you heard the last two episodes, Annie, but we are back in the America of the internet. Uh, Demis and I, we officially ditched YouTube. Uh, so if there's any self-censoring going on, you don't have to do it. We're just on Rumble. Yeah. Um, actually, for right now, we're on Rumble and Facebook. And Facebook... For whatever reason, Facebook hasn't taken down. You know, Michael Rivera was talking about masks. YouTube nuked the episode. Uh, Tracy Beans, they nuked her episode while we were live. You know, we didn't even make it through the episode before they nuked it. And it, I, it was watching you, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it was because her her name was in the title of the uh, yeah. So it's I just said no. screw it. We're not wasting time on that. Uh, so that's just a little disclaimer okay. I, I guess know that. so but they didn't take your channel down but they were nuking some of the episodes and you were oh just, yeah and i was going through the appeals okay. and i okay. said you know what i i had a couple of thousand i had i think three thousand and change over there and i just said hey sorry guys you know i'll be on getter i'll be on rumble uh anyway yes yeah, so we are okay we are free well, citizens again yeah. Uh, Joe and I, we share the videos. So as uh, as he streams, <laughs> it streams on my channel too. 
And my channel got hit. Yeah, you were well. getting nuked too. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you still on YouTube also? Or are you I, on, I, no, I moved. I still have the channel up, uh, but I'm. My channel's still up too. To Okay. That's all I do. Is that if there's an episode that's gonna be uh, directed to Rumble, I'm no longer gonna be streaming on YouTube. I'm like, and we're hardcore about this. There, there's content on YouTube that I'm reaching out to the creators to ask them to start other channels, or I'm gonna be like ripping stuff down and putting it up elsewhere where it's legal to do so. Because uh, I like, I'm trying to break up with Google too. It's been a long process. I'm still trying to do it. Eventually, get rid of my Gmail. Get rid of Google Maps, just wow. you know, stop using their and they're so data rich. It's so it's very hard to not use Google. Oh yeah, um, even more so to 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 divorce divorce yourself from Apple uh, or yeah. Apple from Alphabet and Apple from all of these companies from big tech. Period. But uh, yeah, they got the so, monopoly, buddy. So you know, I kind know. Of the well, and I've been using Brave. I noticed when I was at your place for a podcast, you've got the Brave browser. So you've also got with, the Brave search Duck, Duck Go running. Right. I'm using yeah. DuckDuckGo as the search engine in Brave. Right. The Brave. Now, look, we're with you guys. Uh, Demis is with you. Charlie's with you. I'm with you. Dave was on that. We, we are using these products and going through some of the growing pains because a lot of them suck. Like Brave search engine's not good. But it gets better if we use it. That's how it gets better. Yeah. Um, and and Rumble. Rumble has a lot of growing pains to go through. There is a lot of stuff feature-wise. YouTube is feature-rich. It's seamless. It's awesome. Rumble is not. But Rumble is going to get better because of content creators moving over and because of viewers moving over. And that's why people like Steven Crowder, that's why he's still on YouTube. And he talks about it regularly. He's he's using his channel to funnel people off of the platform. Um, well, Steven is no longer monetized on YouTube. He's, he's not. He's, but, not, mon uh, he's not even monetized on YouTube anymore. <laughs> this is a decision. I mean, everybody has to do this sooner or later because yeah. even though there was this thought that if we threaten to leave and we start leaving, YouTube will change and Google will change and all this. But... It's not happening. They really, they just continue. Well, not enough, worse. not enough people have left. Like, because consider what we were talking about. For me to move my content off of YouTube is one type of hit, a small hit, but usership. And that's when you, when you look at the daily usership of like Twitter and Facebook, when it starts plummeting, that's when the platform responds. So still in this last week, since I've quit YouTube, I've looked for stuff all over the internet. And I had to go to YouTube is primarily a search engine where people go to look for how to's and stuff like that. And I've had to use it because it's been the only place that certain content that I was looking for yeah. was housed. Um, it's a huge pain, man. Uh, but I just wanted to, because we're definitely going to yeah. talk about COVID in a little bit and, <laughs> and all that. And I, I did want to remember to say that. I meant to say it in the green room, but well, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Char Charlie showed up with three seconds left. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, Lizzie was on time. <laughs> That's hey, I was hey. invited to be on the show 45 minutes before it started, too. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, maybe a couple hours, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, and Charlie had an event that ended at like eight, so he's he's a road warrior. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so anyway, YouTube sucks. Uh, all those other apps, they suck too. 
Um, Facebook, you guys suck, but we're still on there because you you actually haven't been too heavy handed in in the flagrant censorship. Um, but you definitely are meta. Sorry, meta. Ooh, meta. cool, mysterious, like freaking virtual wedding. Have, so I'm Team Michael Knowles on this. Virtual baptisms are not baptisms, all right? I, I'm sure that there are some angry people watching. I'm, I'm sorry, you can't get baptized in the metaverse. Get out of your house. Go to the church. Like, come on, people. Did you, you know, guys see the first meta marriage? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're... Seriously? Yeah, it's... People are getting married in, in the metaverse. People are... Doing everything. It reminds me of that freaking movie well, Surrogate with Bruce Willis. Yes. Well, you know, I, I mean, they're moving to have where eventually we're, we do, like with work, we do Zoom and, and, and other things, but we're going to be in the metaverse with, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but you choose an avatar. Your avatar is in a big meeting room, and maybe it's a meeting room that overlooks an ocean, but these avatars can all go around and talk to each other separately and have private conversations but it's not it's not a real person you're you're in this pretend world and and more and more people are going to go into there you know oh yeah it's but super it, it's creepy not real social contact it it's almost like <laughs> It's almost like lambs to the slaughter. Like I'm feeling like in the movie, The Matrix, the robots had overtaken humans by force and plugged them into these machines, right? But this is almost like people just lining up to just go plug themselves into this yeah. virtual reality yeah. bullcrap. And and you just sit in a chair in atrophy. It's nuts. No, and absolutely. Now is, you don't have to go to the gym anymore, right? And work out. You don't have to eat right because it doesn't matter. Your avatar will look great. You just have to plug in, dude. That's all you have to do. Plug in. Put that, put that, uh, put those, uh, uh, um, virtual reality goggles on and you're all set. Oh, my goodness. So, one of the things that I, I, I think people don't, speak on enough and the left their ground game is incredible you know they changed the meaning of words they've co-opted so much language um with things that sound good like social justice equity like things that sound good um or when, when they say equality you know mm -hmm. they don't actually mean <laughs> equality well, yeah, now equality is a bad word equity now replaces well equality, at right? first they yeah they they overton windowed it it used to be equality they were in pursuit of that now they're <laughs> they've evolved they've progressed on to equity or like progress they they're so good at it they're so good at that thing that they do as the Democrat Party, knowing that the United States was a republic, because at one time everyone knew, knowing it was a constitutional republic, which means republic means the thing, the law, the law that sets over everything. Yeah. They, they went on this freaking campaign to be like, let's change the narrative so that democracy is the champion. Democratic process at first, then democracy. Now it our democracy, a threat to our democracy, as the Democrat Party, that automatically makes you the good guys. 
it's a democracy. You're the Democrats. It automatically makes us the bad. So they, their ground game is incredible. Like we've been behind for decades. Well, and, and it helps. It helps you have a good ground game too when the entirety of the mass media and the entirety of the education establishment. But they, they did the that too. World, and, and they're all, they, they control the narrative, you know, completely. Charlie, and so they can change all the words. I don't know how old you are. But if you if you were with the Rage Against the Machine era, they actually their game is so good that they were preaching Rage Against the Machines. The institutions are bad while they were taking over the institutions, and now they're the machine. Oh yeah, like they were playing chess, we were playing checkers, and Donald Trump woke us up with. With the, with the America well, First agenda, like, here we are. Like you go back to the whole free speech thing. They were for. They were the ones for free speech. You go back to the sixties. Well, they they said, they, they wanted to say their white supremacy back when the Democrats were openly KKK. They they wanted their First Amendment rights. Yeah. Come well, on, they Charlie. said we want to. It, it is you need to let us say whatever we want to say, and and we said you know I guess they got a point. We might not like what they say, but we have to let them. Then they started preaching their message. They took over, and then they said, now you guys can't speak. That was back when the ACLU actually defended Klan members' rights to say stuff, and now they're, the ACLU is calling to cancel people like us. It's yeah. freaking nuts, which also people like us. I was in the kitchen with my wife earlier, and I'm like, I said, we're doing a show on America first. My wife is white. She says, what, what does that mean? White supremacy? And I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like a black, a white, and an Arab walk into a, 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 a virtual. Like, yeah, this is this is definitely a virtual clan rally as well. Well, you know what? Says. America first sounds like nationalism. Ooh, and, well, and actually, we right, would have been canceled right then. Off you know, you know, the, the the here's the funny things for for those for those of you who hate this country. Let me give you a little perspective of what people abroad do about the American flag, and this goes to those Antifa assholes who keep burning the flag, or any asshole that burns the flag, any of them. You are an asshole. Uh, sorry, sorry, Joe. I know, I know, I'm a little blunt for you. Need to get a, a beep button. <laughs> yeah. Um, this on time so, delay, right? So I, I tell you that Iran did an experiment at a university. What they did was they put U.S. and Israeli flag on the ground, so kids, so the students can walk over it. You would not believe. I'm gonna look for that video too. I'm gonna try to find it. Everybody went around the flags. Not a single person walked over it. And this is U.S. and Israeli flag. Not a single person walked over the U.S. or Israeli flag. Everybody walked around it. And for whoever, that one person or two person that walked over the flag, man, they got heat for doing so. And this is in Iran. This is a country that... From 1979 up until today, 2022, chants, death to America, death to Israel. I Tell remember today. you telling me the story the first time. I was like, so, yeah. So, so for crazy. you, this is, this is, this is in the Middle East, you know, then because, and here's the problem. Everyone knows it's wrong. 
they are look for those people who say oh this is a freedom of speech I don't take that as a freedom of speech. I don't think any... Well, they're saying I don't freedom of speech burn, and safe places at the same look, time. I, in my honest opinion, I don't think you should burn any flag of any country. Period. Because that country also had military personnel that killed themselves for that flag. They stood up for their country. There were people that, that were killed to protect that flag. Just as we do all the time. So burning any flag of any country, I think it's a disrespectful period. That, that's my opinion. I don't care where you're from. It doesn't matter. I'm not just talking exclusively here. But here, you have even extra protection because in the other countries, you burn the flag of those countries. Like if you burn an Iranian flag in Iran, you'll be yeah. hung. Yeah, game over. You know what I mean? We give special access or special privileges to these assholes. Not even the flag. The stuff that we can say about sitting politicians, the stuff that celebrities said about Donald Trump. Because over this, some of them are considered as treasonous speech. It's not freedom of speech. So, and for those people who continuously to do that, are, you know, a good thing they're minority. Okay, good thing they are a minority. They're not the majority. Even if you are a leftist, liberal that only think, you know, left-winning stuff, even they will not go to that extent. These are the little kids that that are brainwashed or whatever. So um, for them to say they, they hate this country and... They, if they say, you know, if you say the words America first and that's racist, you know what? If that's the case, then your speech doesn't matter to me either. I don't care what you say. You could yell, scream all you want. But guess what? Your ideology will die before mine. And that's the truth. And who well, was it? Was it, was, it you that posted, uh, was it you that posted the picture of the Mount Rushmore? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, we should use that. that You know, we need to use that as propaganda because not a single Democrat is on that mountain. Yeah. (laughs) And the little, well, the picture that I posted, uh, it was when Donald Trump was visiting. Yeah. So the the camera's like down and he's he's like next to the faces. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no Democrats on, on that mountain. This is why they're always so butthurt about Mount Rushmore. That is that is the main reason. So, anyways, <laughs> South Dakota for the win. Good for them. <laughs> oh man. So I'll move to South Dakota just because of that reason, dude. Dude, people are moving just like there's an exodus from these, you know, liberal crab holes. There's an influx of people moving to South Dakota and to steal a Christy Nome line here. It's because of freedom. They're like, the value proposition is great. Low cost of living. You can get a buttload of land and a beautiful home for dirt cheap. And the government leaves you alone. Yeah. Yeah. And now more than ever, because these states on the left have gone further and further left, right? Taking away people's freedoms, taking away people's money. They've just, they've had it. And they they will move to places that are out in the middle of nowhere. It's even, you know, it can be hard to find jobs, but it doesn't matter. They want to be free and do their own thing. 
You know the secret to you? It's freaking beautiful out there. Well, yeah, the middle beautiful. of the country is, you know, there's no plot of dirt quite like the United States. Uh, You're all so. over there, I swear. If there's work for me there, I'll move there in a heartbeat. Yeah. We, we might right. have a, a cabin with some guns and some gold in South hey. Dakota before too long. <laughs> no, my plan was <laughs> to – I've always loved being in Virginia, and my plan was always to stay here till the day I die. And, you know, for the first time now in the last few years, I've thought, you know, I don't know if I will stay here. There's other places I might just have to go. So – and you I'm, know, I'm in that camp, and that we moved back to Virginia. I, I think Virginia is worth fighting for. I think that there's still a good battle to fight here, but, man, they make it hard. But you know what? With Yunkin just came in, things are starting to, like, slowly uh, uh, take shape. But, but we still have the D.C. crap hole. It draws with the tech and with the political machine. It draws well, so I get many it. of them. I get it. You know, you know, Joe, what, you know, I'll tell you what the problem is. This, this is exactly what the problem is. When we, you, we have a two-party system. And every time an opposite party gets elected, everything starts from scratch again. Like nothing continues on. Like we, we, it's, it's a, it's like a ping pong, you know? And you know, the, the problem is everybody is trying to, it's mostly on the left to be honest with you, you know, and, and I'm not trying to say the right is all, you know, the Republicans are always doing a great job. That's not the case. Definitely not. <laughs> That's definitely not the case because I, I definitely don't like the Republican party nor the democratic party. I, I'm I'm more it's called, of a, the, it's of, called the uniparty. Sure. The, the problem is there's, there's not a lot right of conservatives party. and there's not a lot of conservatives you know, in the party. I'm a I'm a policy guy. You know, policy means a lot to me. I don't care what party you're from. The po the policy is more important to me. And besides that, your tra uh, your track record of how many achievements have we had in regards to the policy is also important to me. So this is why we have such a separate uh, or divided nation is because we're playing ping pong. We show. We, we're playing pool. Uh, 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 what's that game called? Uh, uh, rope pool? Like when you uh, pull oh, the tug rope. Of war. Tug, of, tug war. of war. There you go. You know, and that's what we're playing. I mean, they're playing with us. They, these politicians, they're playing that game with us. We're, we're on the each end of the rope. And the time that their uh, their agenda creator wins is you know they get more they they pull the rope a little bit further to the to their side is and then there's an election and we get ours and we just get to the center maybe a little bit to the right you know that's that's what's happening there's no there, um, there's definitely more of a steady march to the left because the yeah, right doesn't wield power they they we we just kind of it's, sit there well, because we let them. Well, and what's happened in Virginia, too, though, is Virginia was a free state and more people from the failing states have come here to work. And so Virginia became more and more liberal over time. And they did mm -hmm. take power. And then you had people that rose up that had never been involved in politics that said, that's enough. We're not putting up with this. And they took it back. But the problem is, you know, are we on a new trajectory going in the right direction or are more people from, you know, I hate to say, but you know, New York and some of these places going to continue to come here 
And I don't hate to say it. New no Yorkers, matter. keep your crap New York policies there. California, no. keep your crap policy there. That's it. No matter how enthusiastic we are, if their numbers eventually overwhelm us, then we can't, we can't, you know, we eventually can't make a comeback. So, yeah, yeah they come here and they think, they, they don't see it as the place they came from had bad policies. They always think it was the people in power that were bad people. And now if they just go to a different state and they do it, do socialism the right way, then it's going to work. Yeah, I mean, they bring their policy here with them. That's the problem. Yeah. Here's the thing. A bit, one of the things we can do to hedge against that is... One, raise children that know. That's why CRT and shutting it down is so important. Like raise children that have an appropriate, honest, true grasp of history, of the country, of the founders, the founding documents. But the other thing is, and that this is why it's a major branding thing of mine, is conservatives, we got to come out of the closet. Liberals are loud and proud. They've got virtue signal on virtue signal on virtue signal. We say it's a saying blue-haired liberals for a reason. You can just go out in the world and identify liberals. They're so prominent in our society. There aren't more of them. Even even with the bullcrap election, which is something we could say here, the election was obviously stolen. You're an idiot if you think otherwise. But anyway, thank you. Thank you. Even if Donald Trump got 74, 75, 76 million votes and, and um, uh, you know, dementia guy got, um, I literally, oh my gosh, his name is Joe. My name is Joe. Joe Biden. We call, we call, him, <laughs> we call him Vice President Biden because that's his title. Biden, yeah. Right? Former Vice I President. I can't believe I forgot his name for a second. <laughs> that That's how powerful and relevant the sitting president of the United States is. Uh, Joe Biden, though, even if he got this 81 million magic votes, uh, <laughs> Dominion votes, that's still about 50-50. The, what are we talking, 47, 52, kind of like it's still very close. But you go out in public or you, like you go to a Starbucks, it seems like another country. It seems like you don't know what it, what gender anyone is. You definitely know where they line up you know, in terms of political ideology. Well, maybe not. It's like, are you a socialist or a communist or a straight Marxist? Or are you like gender fluid? Are you politics fluid too? Like it changes by the day or whatever. Um, but they're just loud and proud and conservatives are go along to get along, head down, nose clean, don't stir the pot, don't rock the boat. It's time to rock the boat or it's going to sink, guys. Like, I, I don't know how else to say it. So, so it's funny because I read a report yesterday that talked about Pennsylvania, rural Pennsylvania, and what it said was that uh, people in rural Pennsylvania are noticing that the word Democrat has become very toxic to a point that they are removing stickers off their cars, removing signs off their doors and yards, and the fact... And here's where the election fraud comes in. Joe Biden got uh, 300 less counties in Pennsylvania during the election. 300 less counties during election time in Pennsylvania. How the hell, how the hell did they fill that 800,000 gap in votes? 
300 counties. In, in the middle of the night, well, man. <laughs> and wasn't the gap, wasn't the actual vote gap in Pennsylvania something like 10,000 votes? Did well, initially know? started with 800,000. They miraculously got a million votes. A, a million vote difference in just Pennsylvania? Mm-hmm. See, I was thinking it was a much smaller number than that. No, it was a huge... From, from what I've looked I mean, at... I'm sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. 80,000. Sorry. 80,000 votes. But the amount of... As they've looked into it, too, the amount of very suspicious votes is something like 500,000. Well, between between Arizona, Georgia, and Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, the suspicious votes is is ten times sub- more substantial. Ten times more in some cases than the margin that the that Biden won by. Look, I don't care what anyone says. We we the three of us live in the bluest, most crap hole part of Virginia, one of the bluest parts of the nation. And if I needed, when the election was going on, if I needed to find a Biden sticker or, or my, you know, someone would kill me, I would have died. There were no Biden, uh, oh my I gosh, had my Trump what's sticker the on vice my car. president's name? Um, there were, there were no, what is going on with my brain? Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. There were no Biden-Harris stickers. Same thing with Terry McAuliffe. I saw my first um, McAuliffe, like, promotional materials after the election. Like, I didn't see him in the mail. I didn't see his signs. And, and if not here, then nowhere. I tried well, to make a TikTok like exposing Biden voters at Target in Leesburg, super blue, dem crap hole, and I could barely find any. And the ones who admitted that they voted for him were very upset. They had extreme buyer's remorse, and they were saying never again. Like, my video tanked because everyone hates Joe Biden. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, and, and not to jump back into all the election stuff, but I will say for anyone that still hasn't heard, the best case that there is is there's the Peter Navarro report, which is about a 90-page report. It goes into the entire case of about six different areas where there was fraud. And, you know, you can't read that and look at that case without realizing that, that, that Trump did win the election and probably by a very big margin. Well, screw that. For people that can't read or don't want to read this Navarro report, just the plain Jane fraud of it all. The IRS comes to you. They say, hey, we, we, you're being audited. So you need to open your books to them. You need to provide receipts or like the tangible items. You know, I said I, I said I brought a computer for work. I need to show them the computer or the receipt. For the election, when they say, ah, there might be some problems with the computers, with the machines or whatever, um, just give us the physical ballots because yeah. everyone walked in or mailed in a physical ballot. For them, to, it's an auditable item. It is the law. It's codified in law for obvious reasons that these items can be inspected. For them to say, no, you can't. You can't look at a... You can't inspect. That was Jovan Pulitzer, you know, the guy who created the QR code, the guy who created the 
the barcode and, and worked extensively on the advent of email, who showed them, he was like, I can manipulate this voting system where just like at the supermarket when, you know, 4141, bloop, you scan a banana, but make it look like a tomato left the store, even though physical banana did. He's like, it's easy. So because of that, let's inspect the physical stock of bananas and tomatoes. Let's inspect the physical ballot for them to say, nah. And then for them to destroy them? Yeah, and then and the destroyed of auditing. That's incredible. Is, auditing is a common thing that happens uh, all over the place, and you go in, you do it right, and you and, and you know here's the thing too, there has been more doubt about this election than any election you know probably in a hundred years. So you would think you would want people to have more confidence that what happened, you know, was real. So. If you're sure that your guy won, let's do the audit. And then we and you can be confident that Biden should be president. But they don't even want to try. Uh, this guy, I've never seen or known any president in history of this country to to be able to to destroy so much in a year. In one year. It's, he was able to destroy a whole bunch of crap. It's, we, I mean, guys, I mean, truly, yeah. truly, we are living in history right now. This is, he, this is history being made. He, yeah, he's destroyed so much. You almost, it almost seems like this, it can't even be incompetent. With incompetence, you couldn't destroy stuff this fast. It's almost <laughs> like it's on purpose. Oh, Charlie, 100%. Charlie, can I ask you a question? Yeah. How many kids do you have? If if you don't want me, I've, I've got two kids, middle school they, and high school. Okay, middle school and high school. Realistically speaking, the chances of them becoming successful, what percentage do you see it as now? Like right now, not not ten years from now, just right now. Yeah, you know, I mean, ninety five percent chance their future looks great. You know, is it because of you or is it because of themselves? Well, I, I think that there's a contribution for, from the parents to help raise them the right way. They're also great kids. They also live in an, a place where there's great opportunity. Here's the other question. Do you give them privileges? Do you have you created privileges for them? Yeah. Well, what do you what do you mean? Created privileges and a comfortable life. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So here's here's where, to me, who the president is doesn't matter anymore. I don't give a damn who the president is. It doesn't matter because when it trickles down to you, I, and Joe, and somebody else in our in our spectrum, we don't really get hurt when these policies get passed. Realistically speaking, we're not in that tier that we're going to suffer. That, you know, if the gas prices go up by, by a dollar, we don't, we, we get hurt, but we don't suffer. Like it, it doesn't take the meal off our table. Am, am I right or am I wrong? No, yeah, no, you're I'm absolutely sure. right. I mean, we do live in a very nice area too, though. And we also, the money of the country flows into our area. But 
here's the here's the question. He, here's what I'm getting at. Most of the people who live in nice areas, or most of the immigrants who live in nice areas, and and I'm talking about Indians, Pakistanis, Afghans, Middle Eastern people, you know, Africans, anybody, anybody has moved to a nice area. Do you think majority of them were rich when they came here? No. Well, well, in some cases, you you did have people that were doing well in their country and they had the money to come here. But I mean, when my Italian ancestors came, uh, they had very little money. Right. But eventually what they did was they made money and they passed it down. Right. That's called creating privilege. To me. That's what I do. I create privileges for myself and for my family. I didn't come from money. And majority of the people who migrate here don't come from money. Uh, Joe has stated many times he didn't come from money. Most of us have not come from money. And and, and we still don't have any. Very small I mean, houses in Loudoun. <laughs> but but realistically speaking, we we have hustled, we have worked, and we have made that's decisions. The, that's the privilege our kids have, the, the, the comforts that we've afforded them, but really, truly, our example, our work ethic, and our... Oh, yeah. They, they learn by following. But, they, no, and what you're saying is exactly right. You know, we... We work hard in high school so we can try to get into a good college and we work hard in college so we can try to get a good job and then we get that good. And we do all that so that we can, you know, have a home and have food for our kids and they can have a nice life. And after all that work and sacrifice, then they tell us we're bad people because we have privilege. Exactly. And and my answer is. Um, this is this is how I answer them that they will not they can't answer you back, is by saying I create privileges for myself by working hard. How the hell are they gonna come back at that? And they're gonna say, oh, because you're white, and we're like, okay, does my skin make me work harder? <laughs> well, it's it's easier, even though if the three of us went in for the same job. I'm going to get the job, even though I'm way less qualified to dimmest and all things IT. And Charlie, I don't even know what you do, but in your industry, I'm less qualified. But I'm going to get the job because I'm black and because I'm from the inner city and, and all. And I, I could put I, the disabled vet. I, I get like plus 100 points. But then they find out that I'm Christian and straight, married, and like I don't have children out of wedlock. So that knocks me down some points. I think I come up negative one on the oppressor scale. Yeah. But you know, the, it's true too. The, here in Loudoun County, you can go through the neighborhoods and you have these uh, beautiful homes and you will have, you have white people in these homes, you have black people, you have Asian people, people from India, people from every corner of the world. So you have first generation immigrants people? here who, because who they came and worked. Those people back. And and look, the, the, I'm a I'm a high school graduate. I don't have a college education. I hated studying, and that's a, a god honest truth. Doesn't I hated, even matter. I hated studying. You, you don't. And, I, and I'm almost I'm, I'm I'm almost glad that I didn't go through college, 
Because now I look back, all the friends that I have back in California, <laughs> they have not done well for themselves. And they all got hey, you, you missed out on a hundred thousand dollars of debt. I <laughs> I came up on a hundred I came up on a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> and you don't have your women's studies degrees. I yeah. I I mean and that's <laughs> lesbian that was the dance thing. theory. That I, one's my favorite. I grew up poor and my brother and I, we both we both are not college educated, but you know, we worked our way up to where we are now. But at the time we had to we had to work so we could support our lifestyle. Basically, you know, our, we live with our parents, you know, pay rent, we pay whatever. But at age 25, I bought my first house. Age 25. High school graduate, yeah. I bought my first house. Of course, with the help of my brother. At age 23, I bought my first brand new car with my own money. With my own money, I went in and bought my own car. You know, because I never wanted money from my parents because my parents didn't have money. You know, and in a way, I kind of appreciate the fact that they didn't have money. Because it made me who I am now. And it made me... You know, I'm a hustler, dude. I hustle every day. Yeah. So obviously, work, this country has not been fair to you. Right? <laughs> I, look, I I love the life I lived. I do not regret a single moment of my life, and till this day, I do not regret anything that I do and I and I'm going to do. Um, See, my follow up question to people is: Where else could you have gone? Could your family have gone? My family have gone. My grandma, oh, her picture's gone. It's in my office now because I have a real job. I have to go into an office. Uh, <laughs> but my grandma, where else could all of these immigrants have gone and achieved the same thing? Well, I mean, the, the, the important uh, part is... Venezuela, maybe, France. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah. China. UK. <laughs> UK, China. The of all evil. Oh, 18 it, it, vaccines it, it, later, you can, <laughs> you can start working. Well, Charlie, what I'm saying is uh, uh, the, the word America first, it doesn't just mean America first. It, it, it's a deeper meaning behind it, meaning you are capable of doing whatever you want to do without anybody stopping you. It's you who have to make the decision to, to, to actually achieve the goal. And I... I'm very certain and very confident that there's also people that will help you to achieve that goal. You just have to be motivated enough. You need to be motivated. You need to stop calling, uh, uh, portraying yourself as a victim. That's, I think that's what's happening now in our nation is everybody is a victim. Everybody's looking at themselves as a victim. Oh, I can't buy a, I can't buy a car because you know I'm not making enough money. I can't buy a house. I can because I don't make enough money. Uh, the money's there. The money never went away. Yeah. No. Well, and think of the people that come and think of the people in this country that say, "Look, you're you're not going to make it because uh, you're an immigrant and the people here don't like you. You know, you're black and people are going to hold you down." Uh, you're never going to have a chance. If you went into some job interview and you weren't hired the first time, that's because of the color of your skin or where you come from or whatever. You know, so give up because you're just going to, I mean, this is what the left talk about demotivating um, all sorts of groups of people. They're, they're the problem. They're holding the people down by demotivating them, right? Yeah. 
It's it's a psychological issue, to be honest. And they want them to feel like victims because that's where their party gets the power. That's how they control people. Yeah. You're a victim, so, and now I'm going to save you. Yeah. I mean, look, this is why they allow the drugs to pour in. The more people they have on drugs, the more they can control. Uh, it's it, this is a this is not a new tactic. This is actually an old tactic that was used in China and still being used. It is constantly used in Middle East. It's people who are addicted to drugs. They are much much easier to control because they have the least amount of mental stable uh, mental mental stability. Yeah. Well, and do you think that China likes seeing Americans like seeing Americans on drugs? China loves this. Yes, of course. They can then take advantage of us. Yeah, of course. Right? I mean, that, look, and, you got it. This well, is the, the problem. The president is definitely on drugs because to keep his dementia <laughs> at bay, they they give him some powerful. I mean, he's given some speeches that I've been impressed. Like, how the heck did they? Oh they've got like you. See, you think of an anesthesiologist just coming up with that perfect cocktail for you, your metabolism, and all. He he's got. A heck of a medical team keeping him going. I think he, I think he's only got forty five good minutes before those drugs wear off too. You know, yeah. and then oh yeah, then you, the can word <laughs> you can see it starts. You can see it when he called Peter Ducey. What did he say to Peter Ducey? Uh, he called him. Uh, I think he called him a son of a bitch. I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, um, one people watching. Thanks for watching. We've, we've got a, a high amount of comments on the different platforms today. So, uh, Kevin, hello from Northern Michigan. But I got to give a shout out to Kelly Sullins. When when we were serving in at Fort Sill in Oklahoma, we went to the most wonderful church in the world, uh, Dayspring out there. Um, but anyway, Kelly, <laughs> Kelly says, who, well, actually, Kelly dropped two nuggets the Dems obviously were the party championing free speech when, you know, back when they were open Klansmen and they wanted to say white power and all that. Uh, now they're canceling people, but also who believes that Joe Biden got more votes than Obama is the most charismatic person that ever stepped foot in the white house. Okay. Like more than Richard Pryor, more than actual comedians that they had into the white house. And only an idiot would believe that Joe Biden from Scranton, Pennsylvania, got more like black people, black Democrats. I don't even progressives, AOC, for you to tell me with a straight face that you believe that Joe Biden got more votes and is arguably more popular than Barack Obama is incredible. Well, it, and they say that he got more votes because Trump is so unpopular. And I'd say, yeah, but Trump got 12 million more votes than he did the first time. So how's that more unpopular? And that never happens. The numbers In incumbents don't, don't get more votes. <laughs> like, it, Obama got something like 6 or 7 million less votes the second time he ran. Trump sitting presidents always campaign strategists when they get together they go 
oh, okay, the sitting president got 65 million votes. They're only going to get like 50 cents. Oh, no, Youngkin oh, you got to spell off the wall. <laughs> no, it's, it's my ceiling fan. You're, you're, being, you're being monitored, you know. Bro, be careful somewhere. not to get Clinton, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that guy this morning at the Leesburg Diner. He came and spoke, you know, do a little victory lap after <laughs> – after unmasking the kids, which really isn't just unmasking the kids. It's like, hey, kids have bodily autonomy and their parents are in charge of them. They're in their parents' charge, not some crazy government psychodome. Yeah. Uh, anyway, good job, Glenn Youngkin. Love, love having you, man. <laughs> he definitely watches this now. He doesn't. Well, you know what? Uh, he, the one thing I'm seeing is the Democratic Party is starting to fall apart fast. Yes. Uh, especially with San. I don't know if you guys saw what happened in San Francisco. The they they recall the three board. school board members yeah. in San Francisco by seventy percent, which is um, the yeah. the most liberal city you can ever find. Here's and, here's the numbers on that. 86% of San Franciscan voters or whatever, 86% of them voted to keep Newsom. And then 70% of them voted to oust those three school board members. You know why? Because they were pushing racial justice way too much. <laughs> Everything. They they had community members. They said They said that we have people, black, white, gay, straight, trans, rich, poor, everyone. That was their coalition trying to get rid of these school board members. And they said they've consistently made the most embarrassing decisions in, and I feel this way as a Loudoun County resident too. They said that they were always in the news for all of the wrong reasons. They made bad decisions over such a long period of time. If they were an employee of ours, we would have fired them. And then they thought, oh, wait, they are an employee of ours because that's how government works in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, that's a it's huge, great, that's great. a huge story. They, and mainstream, they thought, they thought they had taken power, and we were not going to make a comeback. And so they started doing everything they wanted to do for a long time. And people saw their true colors, right? And that's when people rose up and said, "No, this is really, this is real fascism, and this is really too far." What do you mean? Well, Eighty-one million votes. They have a mandate. Yeah. They are yeah. they are self-destructing at this point, which is great. This is why DC all of a sudden out of nowhere, DC dropped all mandates. Out of nowhere. Like you would have think DC would be the last place to drop mandates. Well, the midterm, they're about to get slaughtered in the midterm. Exactly. And well, then prepping for midterm. 2024, but, there's well, gonna be yeah. COVID 24 or some other I crazy. Mean, yeah. We haven't even gotten, you know, we could do another hour here, but yeah. So the midterms are going to get slaughtered. Then we have the Canadian truckers. We have truckers in Europe now that are starting up and in America. I mean, there is kind of a global revolution that's happening, right? So it, it's it's interesting where we're going. I agree. And uh, uh, yes, uh, yesterday I was, uh, not yesterday, on Tuesday, I had an interview with a gentleman from uh, uh, Feds for Medical Freedom. He's the president of Feds for Medical Freedom, who uh, who were the ones who got an injunction for uh, uh, vaccine mandates. That that episode wouldn't have lasted twelve seconds on YouTube. Oh hell no! 
Hell no. Hell no. no. So clearly we have regrets about leaving YouTube now. This is so I, much better. I don't regret, but man, we, if you, Charlie, if you have time, go watch that episode because it was very informative. Um, the That organization, uh, we actually are trying to get the truckers to contact the organization so they could get help if they can, legal help or whatever, because we do have a convoy coming from, uh, I think, Washington State and California coming to D.C. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw that. that yeah, this is so awesome. I, I said so, to Joe, I said, if I was a billionaire, I'd be donating boatloads of money to those Canadian truckers and truckers mm -hmm. around the world. This It's an exciting uh, revolution. Yeah, and the Democrats hacked the, the donors to expose who's do who's donating to these yeah. uh, to these people. Yeah, they they totally are. Hey, I'm I'm donating to those people. Please come to my house. Yes, and confront me about it. Well, or better yeah, yet, call call my that. boss and she'll laugh in your face. Well, <laughs> and I don't know if you saw this, but the Canadian government is now using um, this terrorist category um, to to get the funds of, of of the truckers. They have to classify what the truckers are doing as terrorism. So it's like Joe said, they redefine all these words. So now you protest legitimately and you can be in the terrorist category. Well, it's funny because GoFundMe seized the $10 million that they had collected and they're like, oh, they're going to distribute it as they wish. And uh, and they had to backtrack because uh, they came out and it's like, that's stealing money from an organization. So they, mm -hmm. what did they all, oh, we're issuing refunds to everybody who donated. Yeah, no, I didn't hear that part, but, yeah. you know, so they, but they then started trying to donate through other methods. And that's when the Canadian government came in and said, we will still find these other funds being donated through other methods by using our terrorist uh, category to go after you. That's what they're doing to us, to Dennis and I, but the school board staff, no yeah. doubt. I'm supposed to go to CPAC next week, and I am super anxious and curious to see if if the app or the the airport will print a boarding pass for me. That's how you can find out if you're on a no fly list. By the way, uh, <laughs> if you if you can't print a boarding pass, you're on the list. You're on the naughty yeah. list. <laughs> they checked it twice. <laughs> So Be prepared to drive if you have to, right? I'm not driving the Florida, man. I'll take the Tron. No, I won't. I would no, just pack it in. That's a that's a 12 hour drive, bro. That's yeah. that's nuts. Yeah. Ah, uh, we'll see. I'm super. I'm very curious to see what happens. I'm a thousand percent sure. If anyone's been threat tagged for school board crap, me and Ian, you, uh, Lilith, you, Patty. I'm so blunt Brandon. that Fox News no longer wants to talk to me. <laughs> oh man, you you gotta don't just cut your losses, man. You gotta. I go. did. I, I stopped. There's Newsmax, OAN, Bannon show. Yeah, uh, I stopped, man. Like, yeah, I was I was so blunt on Fox that they legit responded like, "Yeah, we no longer are interested." I was like, "All right, cool." <laughs> But, Fox, Fox. But we could is, do an hour look, man, on Fox. It, look, I, I honestly think that right now we are we are living in history, and I think uh, they are self sabotaging, and they're not even they're not realizing it because now 
you know, you see Nancy Pelosi coming out. Oh, we were never for defunding the police. Oh, we were never for, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know, because now they're throwing their own members on under the bus. Okay. And keep in mind, they eat their own. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, this is proven fact. But, you know, yeah, but one of the problems they have, too, is even if they see that they're self-destructing, part of the woke left's thing is to compete against each other to see who can be the most woke and the most far left. So in playing that game, how do you pull back from that? You know, can you see AOC saying, oh, I didn't really mean that stuff. I'm going to be more moderate. It's, it's a competition to always go further. So I don't yeah. know how they even stop their own self-destruction. So, uh, guys, I just got a message. Uh, uh, it says, DHS visit the Loudoun County Sheriff's Office, uh, warning them that on February 19th, 2,000 Afghan refugees will be dropped off at Dulles. These freaking go the ghost guns is fake news, but these ghost flights, bullcrap. They you are know, gonna be that Jen Psaki uh, is not gonna say it's the middle of the night, but they're flying people from freaking Mexico's border to Loudoun County coming, at 3 a.m. Yeah, they're, they're coming from Qatar oh. and they're gonna be at the uh National Conference Center for processing. And uh refugees will be provided cash and cell phones for non-governmental organization and be required to remain on the NCC grounds. <laughs> cash cell phones and they'll be able to vote how can i get on that plane are, man? are they yeah. gonna give them like <laughs> are they gonna give them vouchers for flight school or like to join the navy and become demolition experts i mean <laughs> like what the what the i tell you what wow. man all those not all those uh, illegals who came here they had more uh, uh more rights because they don't have to be vaccinated or wear masks because yeah, they probably don't, don't, don't even get tested well, and you remember the oh, thing yeah. that was from a while back that um, they were going to give half a million dollars to these folks that were reparations. The reparations. So, you know, what I was saying was, you know what? I'm going down to Mexico and I'm going to cross too. And I'm going to get. Oh, money. man. <laughs> so there's a, there's this a Jewish comedian guy from New York. <laughs> this guy is so funny. Dude. He's like, he's like, I'm in New York. I'm walking. He's dressed up in like, you know, little, uh, 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 like rain gear and all that stuff. He's like, I got 300 days to get to the border. I'm going to cross the border. Then I'm going to cross back illegally because I could use that $500,000. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. My fault. Yeah. Oh my well, God. As He's fun as this is, we're, we're 10 minutes over time. Guys, uh, everyone listening, thanks for watching, listening, however you consume. Uh, and you guys, you guys are a hoot. Thanks for being on. Uh, Martha, <laughs> feel better. Hope the tour is going well. Hope the allergies are going well. Uh, but yeah, that's just like we said, America first is so many things. Yeah. And, and let's just become students of history, talk to a neighbor, talk to a friend, talk to a colleague, you know, I don't want to yeah. sound like a country song here, but you know, <laughs> take a risk, take a chance. Just, it, it'll be okay. Uh, if you've hung around this long, you like the show. So like share and subscribe, share it with a friend. Literally just, there's literally a button. It says share and you can text the link to a friend. Um, if you're a podcast listener, 
Thanks so much. Best thing that you can do is rate and review the show. I don't need to tell you how to do it. But in case you don't know how, they like it when you tell them how to do it. Uh, so hit the button that says rate. Hit five stars, not four stars. Five stars. If you do four stars, you have lost the game. If you do five stars, you've won the game. And we'll send you a prize. We're not going to send you a prize. Uh, but anyway, thanks so much. That's all we got. Charlie, Demis, hope to do this again sometime soon. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.